I got a message from a longtime listener. His name is Justin Mullis. He was asking me if I would create a series on food costs and portioning as it pertains to scoop and serve businesses like a barbecue truck. So for the next few episodes, we're going to do a deep dive into food costs. And if you guys have a suggestion for a future episode or series of episodes, please send me a message and I'll make it happen. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Food costs for any food service business is much more than sitting down at the kitchen and writing out your recipes to see how much your products cost you so you know how much to charge on your menu. Controlling food costs involves many steps. The first one is a commitment to quality. If your food business does not have a firm, unshakable commitment to quality, you're never going to create loyal, raving fans and never be one of those new business owners that survive into year number four. Because we know 60% of businesses fail by year three. Quality starts with your suppliers and your choices of products. I've been to many, many food trucks over the years, and a lot of them buy retail. They buy from Walmart, HEB, or Kroger's, and then they attempt to pass off some of those products as high quality. And what I'm talking about is what we used to call from my generation, generics. Back in the day, you'd walk into a grocery store and there would be a one shelf dedicated to generic food products. They would be in white packaging, with black letters and it would say something like cheese, peanut butter, bread, and everyone recognized those products as being sub-quality. But if that's all you can afford, at least you had something to eat. Now food manufacturers have gotten a little bit smarter now. So instead of having their store brand and calling it Kroger brand chicken, they will give it a fancy little name, create a packaging, but it's still the exact same product and is made by their recipes. Some of the products have improved over time and actually aren't too bad, but there are a whole bunch of them that are exactly what they were in the 70s and 80s, generic products that nobody wants. I'll give an example. There's a local food truck here that does savory crepes. So we went to order a savory crepe from them, and I ordered one that they labeled as a spicy chicken crepe. And of course, I was expecting something that was really worthwhile, especially when it was priced at the $10 level. So I was looking forward to having something good. What I received was really, it was a thin pancake because crepes are supposed to be nearly see-through. That's part of their appeal. It takes a little teeny tiny bit of talent to make a crepe. But what I got was just a really pitiful thin pancake. So I unwrap it like I do whenever I get food from a food truck to see how they assemble it and what they're doing and how neat they are and how careful they are with their own food products. So I unwrap it. It's got two slices of chicken meat on it. And I recognize the meat immediately as being great value from Walmart. It was their sandwich meat you can buy in their deli already packaged. It had eight pieces of spinach and it had eight literal drops just portioned around of great value hot sauce. So when you go to bite into it, some of the bites would actually have the taste of hot sauce and some of them wouldn't. But all of them had the taste of generic chicken. Now, there are some great value products that actually have some taste, but I've eaten a bunch of them. I know what they look like, and I know I was eating generic great value chicken meat out of the deli, which I could have went and bought myself with that same $10 and made several crepes. 
You can't sell stuff that people can recognize as being sub-quality. Just can't do it and expect to stay in business. So when it comes to creating raving fans of your food truck, you start with quality. You want to shop around. You want to get great deals. You can even buy some lower quality products, but you don't want to skimp on the star of your main menu item. So if you're selling that chicken crepe, you might want to make the chicken the star of the show. It should be absolutely awesome. Spring for boar's head. Slice it yourself. Or you could even go out and buy chicken breasts and season them and flavor them and give them an awesome cook. Slice them into slices and put them on that crate. Now you got something people are going to go, wow, this is awesome. I want to come back and get some more instead of going, next time I'll spend my $10 at Walmart and eat for a week. Quality is a commitment. It is not a suggestion. Anything less and you're going to be complaining about tiny sales and then closing after the first season. If you can survive into the second one, you're probably going to close at the end of it out of frustration. So with quality as your guide, you want to shop around. You not only want to look at cost per product, but the yield out of that product. So for example, if your menu calls for something simple like ketchup, you want to look at all the various pack sizes to get the best value per ounce. That's pretty easy. But this becomes super important with something like meats, something that is, is the star of the show, but also very expensive. Say a local butcher can get you a roast for $3.99 a pound, and then you find that there's a distribution center that's selling the same meat, but at $3.49 a pound. Well, obviously, $3.49 is a better deal, and you go ahead and buy that. But what you find out is that roast at $3.49 cooks down more than the one you were getting from the butcher. Let's say the butcher only cooked down 15%, while the one from the distribution center cooks down 30%. What that translates into is every single ounce you're selling costs you two cents more by having got the $3.49 a pound product. Now, if you sell tens of thousands of ounces over the course of a year, that's a whole bunch of money. And the same thing applies to cheese or deli meat or produce. So you're thinking about produce going, well, you, well I can get a full amount out of that. Well, no, you can't. Take a 10-pound bag of onions. You buy a 10-pound bag of onions. Are you getting 10 usable pounds of onions at the end of the day? No, you're not. You're peeling off stuff that you paid for. You paid for the outer skin. You peel that off. You throw it away. You cut off the roots. You cut off the end. There are things that you will lose. Cut off blemishes. So you don't have 10 usable pounds. You create what's known as a yield. Now, talking about yields, you want to track the cooking and prepping yields. Why would you want to do that? To see where you stand. So let's take that 10-pound roast from the butcher that loses 15% of its weight through cooking. How do you know that? You start by weighing the roast before you ever do anything to it. It's a 10-pound roast. Do whatever prep you do to it. Whether you're putting on a dry rub, you're adding sauce, whatever you're doing. What does it weigh when you're done? And then record that. Stick it into the oven. So let's say that by the time you do all your dry rub and stuff, it weighs 10 pounds and 5 ounces. So you're going to write 10 pounds, 5 ounces down, throw it in the oven, and you're going to weigh it when it gets done cooking and see what the new total weight is. You've lost weight during the cooking process, and you want to record that so you can see how much weight you are losing. And then you want to make some adjustments. Can you lower the temperature a few degrees? Stretch out the length of the cooking so it doesn't lose as much. Or maybe you have to go the other way and you speed up the cooking process. But you need to play around with that until you can be consistent with putting in a 10-pound roast and it comes out at the same weight time after time after time. And then you're happy with that end result. Don't accept a 50% loss just because there are other people tell you, yo, it's what you get. Experiment and do it better. And if after you experiment on your own with your own equipment and can't improve on that 50%, then it is what it is. 
but you got to know that. So if we take that 10 pound roast that the butcher was giving us and, and it loses 15%, we now know that we have 85% becomes our benchmark going forward. That benchmark is what we compare everything else to, you know, this year, next year, the year after that. So if we're consistently hitting that 85% mark coming out of the oven, we know we're on to something. We've got the cooking process down and we can show it in our potential for our profit and loss. But there's still more to apply to controlling your food costs than just hitting that 85% coming out of the oven consistently. Now, the same thing applies to deli meats and cheeses. If you get a, say, a 10-pound salami stick and start to slice it, you will not get 10 pounds at the end. There will be a couple of pieces that you just can't do anything with because they won't go through the slicer properly. They end up being too thick or too thin or... It becomes a problem. So you have a little tiny bit of loss. So something like a deli meat, especially you know salami, pepperoni, capicola, any of those, you start out with probably a 99% yield. And that's awesome. But you got to understand that you have lost a little bit. Same with cheeses. Same with onions. Same with tomatoes. So you got to understand you're already losing something. All of this that I'm talking about, the loss, is referred to as waste. And you should have a budget for your waste. And it doesn't end with just accounting for that cooking loss. For the prep loss, it also accounts for mistakes and remakes, and it should be a monetary budget. Usually about six-tenths of a percent is enough, but you can account for that. So if you're doing roast, for instance, and everyone that comes out loses 15%, you're going to put that into a dollar amount. How much did you lose? So that you can kind of keep track of it. You're going to keep track of every sandwich that you have to remake, every bun that you drop on the floor, every plate that you accidentally mismade and have to remake. You're going to track all of that. It's waste. And you should get upset with yourself if you set that budget at, again, that six-tenths of a percent and you're running 2%. There's a problem. Figure it out before it gets out of control and you're more encouraged to sell the food truck than you are to remain in business. Now, along with waste, you want to account for other things that impact your food costs. One of those would be giveaways and employee meals. A giveaway is when somebody comes up and you've mismade the sandwich. It's already been rung up, but you mismade it and you got to remake it. This one is just too far gone, so you have to remake it. You need to ring up the new sandwich. Obviously, you're not charging the guests because it was your problem. You're the one that messed it up, but you got to account for that food. Where did it go? So you ring it up and you, you free it off. So there's no impact on your sales tax. There's no impact on your income. Only thing you've done is accounted for that particular product having gone out of your business. A giveaway would also be if you're doing samples, ring up the sandwich as a full sandwich. You cut it into you know, five pieces. You still want to ring it up and account for it. Again, you're freeing it off. So there's no impact to your revenue, but you're accounting for the food. You want to account for employee meals. You can give them a 50% discount. You can give them 75% discount. You can give them free food. That's up to you. But you still got to account for it. You got to ring it up just like they were a regular guest and then take off the difference. When you decide you want something to eat, same deal. It's an employee meal. Ring it up and then free it off. And it's got to be done on every single product. You open up that bottle of water because you're thirsty. Ring it up, free it off. Call it an employee meal and track those. Set yourself a budget for employee meals. When you have budgets and you track these things through your POS system, you'll get upset when you're not hitting the budget. But you got to have those systems in place to account for all the food. Now, remember, we haven't sold not a single thing yet. So we're going to be talking about how do you control the food on the next episode. 
Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.